0: Hey, so I want to talk about imposter syndrome on today's episode and why you should just go through it anyway, <laughs> how to get around it, how I've gotten around it Um, with this specific story. How's it going? My name is Jules Dan. This is Storytelling Secrets, the podcast to help you get more customers, make more per customer, and keep them coming back with the power of the pen. Um, I've had a little break the last two weeks, hence my silence, and it's been good. Um. <laughs> I was writing. I was writing down all these podcast ideas, like bang, bang, bang. Like she actually need to sit down on a Saturday and just schedule a sh- bunch of shit. So, um, you got some content. Why you got some uh, time off? Because I've got some brilliant stuff that's happened the last uh like 50, sixty days. Like a lot of really cool stuff in terms of the client side, personal development side, um, growth side, focus side. Good podcasts I listen to. Um, yeah, it's been good. Different marketing strategies I've been trying inside of the list, um, as in like not going full pitch mode, but actually delaying the sale as much as possible. And we're making so much and it's not affecting the quality of the list. I digress. We're on to imposter syndrome today. Okay. So, um, I'll start with, I'll start with the theme and this is just my thought, I I was writing this down about imposter syndrome. Look, allegedly, everyone feels imposter syndrome at one point and if you don't, you're some crazy person, which is fair enough. Like, it's human to feel imposter syndrome and doesn't matter whether you're a complete beginner or very advanced, everyone experiences imposter syndrome. Uh, Symptoms include feeling like, um, who am I to be doing blank? Like, I I don't have enough experience to be doing this. Like, oh, like, this isn't quite my wheelhouse. Like, why should I be in charge of doing blank? I think I'm generalizing quite a bit, but I, it seems like that is the way to go. That's the way to go. Seems like that's the general consensus of what imposter syndrome feels like. And I was writing these notes and I thought, well, if you're just good at what you do, you're really good at what you do, Um, then that anxiety you're feeling is probably just a story you're telling yourself, which is kind of tough love, I guess. But if you're good at what you do, why shouldn't you be the person who who is delivering that whatever, that webinar, writing that email, talking to that client, charging $30,000? Like if you're good at what you do, why? And I know it's simple, easier than done and even myself, um, charging my worth and increasing my prices um, and then being able to negotiate um, when people will be like, whoa, and you're like, well, I'm fucking good at what I do. Anyways, um, but on the flip side, like, if you're not good at, you, at what you do, there's justification for feeling imposter syndrome. So, uh, if you're not good at what you do, go get better at what, what you do for your work. So, that, that might help. Uh, but, what happens, Jules, if uh, if you're presented this opportunity, but you have skill sets, you've had experience in something similar, but not really the same? Let me tell you a story What do I mean. So, I think I told you a few episodes back. If you go back to, if you're about to quit, listen to this. And I talk about the story how on the day I had a job interview, I was ready to throw in the fucking towel with freelance copywriting. Um, I pretty much get offered the job. And then when I want to say pretty much, they're like, yeah, uh, you're the front runner. We really like you. Um, let us get back to you. And then it was for a Facebook ad agency. I've never written a Facebook ad before in my life, by the way. Um, and I didn't even do the interview. I didn't even apply. I didn't even send my resume in. I just sent a direct mail package, which just just showed my work, essentially. And like, I took a piece of their copy and made it even better. Um, But anyways, that's why I love copy. Like you just use, you can use the backdoor for everything with copy. It's amazing. Um, Hopefully, if you listen to the rest of this podcast from start to finish, you can pick up some lessons along the way, hint, hint. So um, anyways, I didn't have, I didn't have imposter syndrome. I went on this interview and I fucking crushed it because I was confident in what I did as a copywriter, in my skill as a copywriter. I, I didn't mention ads once. I didn't mention I di- I didn't draw upon an g- example from ads once. <laughs> I was just really confident in my approach. And I think that like, conviction also like really translates too when you're about to talk. But anyways, um that was one example and later that day by the way of that story. Um I retained a client got back to me like yes we want to work with you um ongoing. And then that's how I was like sick yeah, don't have to get a job. And um now yeah. Now, I'm in a good place and I've got multiple retainer clients and it's going well. Anyways, with one of those retainer clients, they asked me, so the story is, I here's a backstory. So, we're coming out with this offer for a product called 48-Hour Leads, um, which basically shows people, so the biggest problem that agency owners said or the biggest complaint was, we need leads and my client, Troy, says, no, you don't. You know, you know, you need to know how to generate leads and have a great offer. So you need you need to know how to cr- uh, close leads and have a great offer. So that's how you close leads essentially. And um, so yeah, the product was called 48 Leads. And then I was going through, it, I'm like, ah, but this offer is incomplete because it doesn't solve the problem of, well, now that I've got a lead, um, how do I convert that? And what I write in the copy to get people attracted. Not, not actually. So, setting up the setting up the actual ad is not hard. Um, it's the messaging that's a challenge for folks. So I was like, um, let me run a workshop, and um, I'll critique people's ads, and let me give you some templates from a client who's done over 10 million sales using a Facebook lead ad. And they're Like, oh, that's amazing! Thank you so much, Jules. Big lesson, by the way, as well. Um, over delivering for what you're not paid for. I did that, and. They were immensely grateful for running that workshop. Um, and I spent maybe three hour, maybe two and a half hours, three hours preparing for that. So, and then an hour and a half on the workshop. So, I put in four and a half hours of unpaid work. But the goodwill dividends that came out of that so so good. I'm also talking to someone this morning from the workshop who wants to potentially work. Um, uh, the problem is though, it's like. Like I'm not cheap, <laughs> so I don't know if this person's going to go forward because it was like a $400 product. But we'll see. We will see. Um, I hope he's not listening to this when I publish it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I prepared for this workshop. Um, I've never written a Facebook ad before in my life. Uh, is imposter syndrome going through my head? No, because I'm good at what I do, and that's what I'm just thinking. I'm good at what I do. Uh, Copy is all about principles. Videography is all about principles. Insert your niche expertise is all about principles. And if you think about that and apply it in the broader context, and you just draw some examples from what other people are doing really well, for example, in your niche. So at the start of this workshop, I just just said, look, before we sort of get into the roast and I, you know, tear your ads to shreds, let's sort of talk about what makes a good ad. And then I showed some good examples of pattern interrupts of people I've found online who I know have good pattern interrupts because that's a good principle of an ad. Um, then let's look at the direct response principles of what makes a good ad: urgency, sca- legit urgency, legit scarcity, strong offer, strong reason why, empathy in the copy. What is what are some examples of some common mistakes when you use empathy when you don't use empathy in the copy? And I gave some. Um, like before and afters of just some examples that I've used in with emails or sales pages or something else that's not related to um, Facebook ads. And um, yeah, I just had a lot of confidence talking about that. And I had written some YouTube ads before, which have never been like like they changed you off at the last second, and then like my ads then went to air. And I was talking about freaking YouTube ads on a Facebook ads workshop, and. As I was walking through the principles, I'm like, these are the universal principles. I'm like, even though a Facebook ad is not the same as a YouTube ad, check out the principles, what I've done here. I'm using strong curiosity. I'm using agitation. I'm bringing up the problem. I'm agitating the problem. I'm solving the problem. And um, yeah, the chat's like, oh, this is making sense. So then when I got to say the critique and because I got no idea about compliance, (laughs) Full print, I got no idea. So I don't touch Facebook ads because I don't understand the compliance well enough and I don't think it's it's a real art to get good at writing copy without my like, dancing around their stupid rules. And um, I'd just rather not deal with that. Anyways, I write the critiques just from what I think would think would need improvement. So there's no problem. There's no agitate. There's no solve in any of the ads or when they get to talk about the problem, they spend a paragraph talking about the problem, like 400 words, or they spend about two sentences talking about the problem. Or if they bring up, um, let's just say benefits, it's like in one chunky paragraph, I'm like, well, this just needs to be broken up. These are all principles from the work that I do. It has nothing to do with me, having to be some Facebook ads wizard to be able to teach this and that's why I said at the start of this like if you're good at what you do the anxiety in my opinion that you might be feeling um as imposter syndrome is a story so what's the story you need to tell yourself I don't know I think I'd, I'd somehow Julian two years ago would not have been able to accept this but I don't say this arrogantly. I was just like nonchalantly, oh, I'm good at what I do. Like I've got a crazy amount of results now. I don't think writing an ad is that hard. You just follow the problem match, you solve, Look at some other examples. Okay, maybe people are doing patent interrupts better because that's an important part of the ad, the hook. So let me just draw on some people who are doing it well right now. You look like an expert. You give some examples. Um, and just to sort of, clarify my point i've never run a facebook ad and this testimonial came through at the end i'm so happy this happened (laughs) makes me look like a wizard to my clients i don't think they know i've run a facebook ad ever so they wrote if you haven't gone through 48 hour leads highly recommend you do mike set up an ad for patient boost based on the course and the feedback from troy and jules dan's workshop. We had it running for a day and a half and had to turn it off because leads kept coming through the office, uh, kept going through and the office about to close for Christmas. Um, But this isn't a magic pill. You need to have a solid message or offer. So if you haven't gone through the training, do it before the next workshop and take advantage of the fact that Troy's copywriter will be giving feedback on that call. And we did. And it was flipping awesome unicorn emoji. Cha-ching. That's so good. Never in a Facebook ad. And, um... I had to turn them off because there's too many leads coming through. That's what you want. Okay. Had I come in with this, like, I've never, I've never read a Facebook ad before. I don't know if I can do this impossible, syndrome, syndrome, Okay. I don't think, um, I don't think my creativity will shine. So. Yeah. If you I'm probably not going to be in that exact situation, but maybe you've got a project where they're like, can you do this? And maybe you. It's not in your wheelhouse, but you have the principles to apply in that area. I'm not saying like, let's just say, if someone said, "Hey, Jules, can you also edit this video?" I'm like, no, because I suck at video editing. Go look at my YouTube channel. <laughs> um, getting an e- editor right now. If you if you are a good editor, by the way, um, and uh, you know got a good offer, send an email to me at support at Jules Ann. I'm hiring hashtag for a video editor. Um. Don't give me some. Don't give me some crazy proposal though. Like I spoke to some guys from India. I'm like, you want that much for that amount of work? I'm like, what? That's like that's ball that I charge. You you have no results based guarantee. Like, how? How? Like, this is not a good offer. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. Wrap up. If you're feeling imposter syndrome, ask the question: Are you good at what you do? No. Well. Get better, that might help. But if you are good at what you do, what are the principles that apply in what you do and how can they translate across into this other thing that maybe you're asked to teach, you may be asked to do a project for, um, do a podcast interview about, um, and then always use stories. Stories are the best. But mate, principles are the way to go. They don't change, they're always there, people can always grasp them. And um, yeah, I guess lots of little lessons along the way today. Hey, that's it for today. My name is Jules Zen. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out my YouTube channel, oh my God, I've got 57 subscribers now. I am growing so far. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Unfortunately, it's just been on the back burner because um, this normally happens like in the life of Julian where, and this happens to every other entrepreneur, you... Get no clients. You have no clients. So you're extremely busy on marketing (laughs) and all you're doing is content and lead gen. Then you get really, really busy with clients and you want to make them happy and stay around. So you put all your eggs in one basket and get them to feel happy and they're patting your back. You're like, you're awesome. You're getting results. But then you're looking at your Twitter and you're looking at YouTube and there's cobwebs and you're like, oh yeah, I need to keep marketing. So, um, that is obvious, that has been one of the most continuing struggles I've had. I'm going to year three now as a copyright. Year 3 Woohoo! That's pretty... No, year four. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to year four as a copyright. i mean, three years in this year. Year four as a copyright. So, that'll be interesting. Um, yes. It's... I, I think the hardest part for me right now is deciding. Not deciding. It's just like... Uh, First hour or two in the morning, it has to be mine. Can't be clients. Can't be clients because, let's face it, in November it was fucking busy. It was Black Friday. I'm making excuses, um, but I was just like client work, client work, client work. And um, yeah, so I'm telling you this not because I'm, um, <laughs> I just want to get off my chest, but I I know everyone else is going through the same thing. You're not alone. I go through it as well. Um, but most important thing in your business is to bring in the money bring in the money, bring the money, bring the money. That's what I've done. And that's why I was like, I'm, I'm hiring a video editor because I need help. So I don't think it would have made sense for me to do like video editing and then um, like half footing in with lead gen. Like, no, I went so hard with lead gen for six months so I could make some money. So then now I can get some help with um, my content. I don't know. That's just what I found. I've tried to do one foot in, one foot out. Didn't really work. And then now I've just gone two feet into client work, make money and um, make some money. (laughs) That's it for me, Jules Dan. Go check out the YouTube channel, Jules Dan. It's pretty simple, remember. And uh, I'll see you for the next one. Bye.